Hi, I'm Erica Ramirez, founder of Illy and host of What About Your Friends, a podcast dedicated to the many lives of friendship and how it's portrayed in pop culture. Every Wednesday on the Ringer Dish feed, I talk to my best friend, Stephen Othello, and your favorites from within the Ringer and beyond about friendships on TV, in movies, pop culture, and our real lives. So join me every Wednesday on the Ringer Dish feed, where we try to answer the question TLC asked back in the day, what about your friends? This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Iced Tea. Go beyond reality with new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea and discover a berry delicious world bursting with unexpected blackberry flavor. A world so full of refreshing blackberry iced tea that you may never want to leave. But there's always time to linger. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit amazon.com slash pureleaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car, Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. All right, at least I don't do crystal meth in the bathroom all night long. That's my opinion! He will never emotionally fulfill you. Because I don't want to be a part of it. Go to sleep! Go to sleep! Close your legs to married men, trash box. I'll tell you how I'm doing. Not well, bitch. Who gonna check me, boo? Welcome to the Morally Corrupt Show, a show here on the Ringer Reality feed. I'm Rachel Lindsay. They are Chelsea Stark Jones and Callie Curry here to do kick off the show in a different way. You guys asked, we answered. We're going to air out some grievances because there's some, I don't want to say that there's some beef, but Honestly, Callie and I are trying to figure out what the hell is wrong with you, Chelsea. That's really what it comes down to. Because Summer House, you guys cover it, uh, cover Summer House on the other show. And from time to time, Callie and I dip and dabble into the Summer House world when we're like really passionate about things. Same with Vanderpump Rules. We just can't help ourselves. And it's come to our attention that during Summer House, there's, there's, you know, there's the beef between Lindsay and Danielle. There's the showdown, which had been teased. We've been looking forward to it. In our opinion, it didn't really reach the level that, you know, like we wanted it to. I don't know if I wanted to see those hands being thrown, but it just kind of was like, okay. But we over here on this Morally Corrupt show, our team, Danielle. Yeah. And we heard well, that y'all well, are Team Lindsay. Oh, go ahead, Callie. Please. I I am Team Danielle with Rachel and Team Paige. Chelsea oh. is 
Chelsea Same. is neither, I believe. I've I've lost my page love almost to the point where I think I might unfollow her from Instagram because I'm just like tired <laughs> of the same thing. Uh, okay, so let me just start with this. Prior to the season, Jody and I both agreed. We were like, there's no way we are going to think that Lindsay was right in this friendship battle. Like, we just don't understand. We thought Danielle was going to be obviously the voice of reason because that's kind of what she has been for Lindsay the entire time of the existence of the show. So going into it, that was my stance. And I was surprised by how much I felt like Lindsay and Carl's relationship was being targeted for no apparent reason. And I could understand why Lindsay felt protective of it. And I just didn't get why Danielle just couldn't let some things go. And for me, like I get wanting to tell your friend, you know, I think you're moving too fast or whatever. To Lindsay's point, she didn't really have much of a leg to stand on. And I just didn't understand why she got so upset about the engagement. Like that really, that was the thing that really pushed me far, far on Lindsay's side was her reaction to Carl saying that he's shopping for rings and then the screaming into the pillow. And then the engagement party and the engagement happening and her making it all about herself. I couldn't understand that. And that to me was something where I was like, yeah, I feel like Lindsay has every right to be upset with you. And if she so pleases to distance herself from this friendship. My issue with Paige is I need homegirl to step it up. Like I, I'm tired of the bed stuff. Like I want more from them. <laughs> and I just like, I can't. And, and, and it's not just Paige. It's Sierra. It's Amanda. Like I just want them to engage a little bit more and not wait until the reunion when they have Andy to moderate the argument. Like she could have said everything she said on the couch to Lindsay during the season. And that would have made the season that much better because up until Corey coming, the season was insufferable and it was boring. And I, Paige could have could have done more. So I, that's, that's kind of what I'm hoping for and wishing for and why I am team Lindsay in this and, and, and disappointed in Paige. Also, her outfits weren't bringing it this summer. If she's not going to engage in some arguments, I want her to wear cuter outfits. I agree with you. And I was going to interrupt you, but you said exactly what I was thinking. Before the season started, everyone thought there's just absolutely no way that Danielle's wrong, in the wrong at all in this battle. Because for every single year she's been on the show, she has been the only normal person, I think. I can't even think of another normal person. Um, and she clearly is the smartest person on the show. And I still think that. The whole season, I was like, what the fuck, Danielle? Until the reunion. After the reunion ended, I was like, I see things a little bit differently. The fact that they broke up three weeks before he proposed and Danielle did not tell a soul. To me, I'm like, Lindsay, how do you not see that she's protecting you by not telling anyone about this when everyone was already questioning your relationships? And relationship, sorry. And it makes me understand like why she kept saying you're moving too fast. I also don't understand why that got such a negative reaction out of Lindsay. She was insanely defensive. If my friend, my best friend in the whole world who has been there for me through everything and we see each other all the time, we talk about our lives. Like Danielle has never really like led her astray. Danielle has always had her back. 
if they said, hey, I think you're moving too fast. And they're saying that not to a guy that they don't know, right? It's not some random guy that they're just meeting. They're like, eh, I don't know if I like him. She knows Carl. She knows he's going through a sobriety journey. She knows that you still like to drink. She knows that you're a fucking psychopath when you do drink. And you broke up three weeks ago. If I'm Lindsay, I'd be like, thank you for giving me your opinion. Like, let's talk about it. I want, want like, tell me why you feel this way. Instead of being like, oh, you're talking shit about me. Da, 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 da. It's like, all I said was you're moving too fast. That is it. I don't get why there was such a crazy reaction to it. Did they break up or was it just a big fight and he like took an Uber back to the city? She said that they like broke up. They said, obviously, I think it was a huge fight that led to like, we're done. And then they got back together. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't like, uh, we're done. We're not, like, they didn't talk for months. It was a, we're done. He's going back to the city. Yeah, like a huge fight breakup and they got back together. But as a friend, especially since it had to do with Lindsay drinking, I could understand why she's like, uh, this might be going a little bit too fast. I thought she was a little too emotionally into the relationship. That I can agree with. Even if my friends are in a bad relationship that I don't like, I, I'm not going to cry over it. It's just not, I'm not, that's just not something I'm going to do. But would I tell my friend over and over again, if I really thought that this was not the best step for her, like, hey, let's talk about why you want to move this fast. Why don't we move in first? Why don't we want to do that first? I'm so happy for you. I want you to be happy. But like, can we get on the same page? And if you tell me that there's nothing I can say and that you're hearing out my concerns and you still want to take this step, all right, I'm going to be supportive for you no matter what. But like Lindsay wasn't even open to that conversation. Well, so I agree with you there. I think that Danielle's rationale was so much more clear <laughs> on the reunion stage. At the reunion, yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this makes more sense. Like, I understand it. However, how it played out in the summer, it seemed erratic. It did seem like she was projecting because of stuff going on with Robert. Um, but I think where Lindsay's defensiveness was, where, where it was rooted in, was the fact that she was saying these things to people like Paige and the other girls in the house who obviously get giddy when anything bad happens to Lindsay. So I could see where after that point, she might feel a little bit guarded and protected of the relationship because she's unsure now if what she says is going to get repeated to somebody else. Um, so I, I, I guess I have hopes for their friendship moving forward at, Towards the end of the season, I was like, maybe Lindsay and Carl need to go. Maybe Danielle needs to go. But seems like we might see some type of re friendship reconciliation. So I would like to maybe see both of them go. But I think Summer House overall, they need to also change they need up to a shake lot of up. stuff. Yeah. They need to shake up. I think Lindsay and Carl need to go. Based on what we saw on the stage, there's a lot of shit that Lindsay does behind the camera. Yeah. But... I don't know. Lindsay, once I DM'd her, I said I liked her boots. She DM'd me back, told me where she got them from. And for that, she's a real one. So I <laughs> have always liked her. That's because she's probably getting a bunch of nasty messages that you probably sent her the one <laughs> kind one. So she replied, I, there's no way Danielle and Lindsay are friends after this. They, they, they had that dinner. They took a photo. I loved seeing it as well. But let's be honest. Did Lindsay follow up and nurture that friendship? No. 
Not at all. And if she is doing it, because I just am not Team Lindsay, she's doing it so she has an ally in the house. And Danielle is so desperate for that friendship back. And it's just so into Lindsay. It's still such a one-sided. Even even at the, on the couch, it seemed like she was begging for her to 100%. Like come back. Come back, please. It's pitiful, honestly, to watch. I hope Danielle doesn't go back to that friendship. I think it's extremely toxic. I do like Lindsay and Carl together. That'll keep that separate. Let them do their thing. I, I think Carl needs someone and Lindsay seems to want to be there for him. So like, let them, let just let them be. Give them a spinoff show. Give them a spinoff show. Bring no, somebody else in. Yeah, yeah. Lindsay and Lindsay Carl on to the, the reboot of, of Lindsay and Carl. Romy. I think that fits Get hitched. I don't know. Something. Am I going to watch it? Probably not. I don't watch the wedding shows. But give them something. Let them go away. I'm sick of the drama being surrounded on their relationship. I don't think it's good for Carl. I think it's toxic. Um, all right, enough of that. Let's move on to Atlanta. And I don't know how eager I am to move on to Atlanta. Chelsea, we haven't been covering Atlanta for a reason. And that's because it's not giving us anything. And what it is giving us, in my opinion, doesn't make sense. Here's my question to you. Is Marlo trying too hard? Because what the fuck is going on with Marlo? Marlo is trying too hard. I honestly, since the premiere, have not watched an episode of Atlanta until this week. That's how uneager I have been <laughs> to turn this show on. And it is... it. <sighs> It feels and it's and it's also dark. Like it and it, so it's really weird to kind of talk about this in a critical way because you want to be sensitive towards the subject matter, but it's so it it shouldn't this discussion should not be happening. And I, you know, I love I like Candy. I think she's a great housewife. I like what she brings to the show. I like her businesses and all this stuff. Do I think that she doesn't want to talk about the shootings at OLG? Yeah, like who would want to talk about that? They say it's for legal reasons. I don't know, but this this whole it feels like it's just like reaching and for for no apparent reason. And I don't understand Marlo's continuous issues with Candy because as we saw at the top of the episode, they started off on a good note. Like they had a pretty good relationship. Marlo says, you're the only person that sends my nephew's birthday gifts, birthday money and stuff like that. So why are you now attacking this woman? Because over a, like something that she really isn't involved in, you know? And, and so I, I find it to be completely bizarre. And um, I don't, I, I don't, I don't like it. I, I just don't like, like, I like the fighting, but th this is dark. Like, talking about shootings and nephews and stuff is dark. It is dark, and I agree with you. But I think, you know, the reason we we can talk about it and, and, you know, acknowledging that it's dark and acknowledging that somebody lost their life and acknowledging that gun violence is a real thing, but the way Marlo is using it for a storyline we have to talk about it because what Bravo did at the beginning of this episode, what Bravo does better than anyone else, whoever is researching or labeling 
their video, digital content, whatever it may be, needs to be an executive. Because the way they are able to pull back and give us this beautiful chronological order of how we got to this moment, it's Emmy-worthy. It's Emmy-worthy, for sure. So at the top of the episode, they show us, which I forgot, that's the thing. You know, you've been, you're so deep in the trenches in, in Bravo land that you forget every little detail that happened with every single housewife or every single franchise. So they remind us, and I forgot Candy and Marlo were so close. I really did. I feel like they've been arguing forever and they really haven't. That's come out in the last two seasons. And to see this unseen footage of Marlo discussing this same topic with Candy and Candy acknowledging it and hugging her and really supporting her through it. And then for Marlo to now, two years later, talk about it. I mean, she talked about it then, but like throw it in her face. It's, it almost, this is a reach, but I'm just saying it, it minimizes the death of her nephew because it seems like she's using it for drama And she might not be. Maybe, you know, grief is in stages and it hits people at different time. And maybe something happened that triggered that for her. And I'm, and I'm, I want to be, make space for that. But the way she's using it right now, it just seems to make light almost of the death of her nephew. Because I don't, we can't understand where it's coming from. Yeah. I guess. I I agree with you on that. But I think the only thing where, Yes, grief is weird and it happens and and it could come and hit you at any random moment in time. I think what where she loses me is her saying that Candy should have done this and Candy didn't do this and Candy cared less about that. And when you mentioned the flashback of the unseen footage from 2020, we do see that Candy was supportive of her in that moment when she was talking to her about her nephew and how hard it is to lose someone. And we do see Candy hugging her and and just talking her through it. So then for Marlo to turn around two, three years later and say, you weren't there for me. You didn't care. You only sent me a text message. Like that's not the truth of the situation. And so it, I I understandably, I I get why Candy (laughs) popped off at the escape room because now you're trying to make it look like I'm some heartless soul as well as putting this murder on me because he used to work for me and he met someone at my restaurant. Like, so I, 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 I always want to feel bad for Marlo, like, cause she has this tough life and she's goes through ups and downs and she's funny and whatever. But like this, this one, I'm like, come on, girl. Like, this is not, this ain't it. Like you could find other reasons to be mad at Candy or someone else, but like this, this ain't it. It's not it. It's not it at all. And it's tough too, because we've been wanting Marlo to have a peach for a while. You know, we've wanted, she's been on for like 10 years and she's always been a friend of, and she's always tried her best to be holding a peach. And now that she is, It's like, okay, the first season she really let us in and we learned a lot about her family and that whole dynamic. But now it's like, and then here's the troubling thing. If we weren't talking about Marlo and Candy, what will we be talking about? Yeah, I don't know. So it's like, 
damned if we do, damned if we don't. Almost. <laughs> We're, Think about it. Yeah, there's What's everybody else going else's going on. I guess the other issue would be Marlo and Kenya and that long fight that's been drawn out for far too, too many seasons. Um, but yeah, there isn't really much else. And I will also say we haven't been recapping, but the previous week when... Kenya dragged them all out to Mississippi or Mobile, Alabama, or wherever the hell they were, and she didn't do nothing for them. I, I would have been pissed too. <laughs> so, yeah, but I did. You note the hotel? No, have you been there? No, oh. it's, it was in Birmingham. By the way, I know way. you like to travel and, in, in pristine circumstances. <laughs> well, I was confused as to why they were in this hotel. I said something's not right about this, and I looked it up. It's a three star hotel, and I have an issue with this because we watch Housewives because we want to see something that we're either trying to achieve or we will never achieve. I want them to be out of my league. I want them to throw their wealth in my face. I don't want to I don't want to see them at the same places that I am. I don't know. I I don't want to know that I can attain what they have. They were at a three-star hotel. It like, was no bizarre. shade to the Kelly, but I was like, you could tell from the door they were beaten down with Kenya, <laughs> the elevators, the lobby. I thought, what is this? Why are they there? I love Sheree walking into a room and being like, this isn't a suite. <laughs> but no, I agree. But it always Dare seems like I that say we saw a white refrigerator in a the background as well. <laughs> but like... Kenya's event, like anything Kenya does, like trip wise, it's always kind of low budget. And I, <laughs> I don't know why that is. Like Marlo said that she took him to some, uh, to miss wherever they were. I'm, just, I'm bad at Southern states. Sorry, y'all. But, and, and, um, and they had this beautiful house and servers and stuff like that. Like it's attainable in these smaller, you know, Southern cities. But I don't know. Kenya just doesn't do her research. She's not a good planner, trip planner. I just, she, she can't be chief executive of the next trip. That's all I know. Yeah, maybe the school put them up. I don't know. But still, like, it just, it wasn't to the housewives standard. And I don't want to see that. Um, but yeah, we really wouldn't be, we really wouldn't have much to talk about, which is why we haven't been covering it. It's like Sonia's, you know, dealing with her family. It's like, how many times can we have this conversation about are they in, are they leaving? Or are they staying? Are they coming? Or are they going? You know, we just, we don't know. Uh, Drew, I, I, I am floored that at what I'm seeing right now between Drew and Ralph, because it's the best we've ever seen them. And to know how this season ends in divorce, it's like, man, again, an Emmy Award should be given out because the acting that is being done between Drew and Ralph I would never know. I think, oh, wow, they're in a much better place. Yeah, I think it's definitely a front. And um, it it is bizarre. And I'm curious how much of, if at all, we'll see them fighting again. Is it toward the middle of the season, toward the end of the season? But it definitely feels like they're putting on a facade for the camera. Because, um, yeah, they seem like they're in a great Great place. He bought her grocery store flowers after that performance, and <laughs> and you know it. it I'm I, I'm looking f- not looking forward. I'm curious how it all unravels. I mean, they had to bring the cameras back, so I don't think we will see it at all until the end. But yeah, I mean, listen, not much. Go- Courtney takes the women to an escape room. Which, what are your thoughts on Courtney? 
don't like her. Same. <laughs> I, she's like, got this, it's this voice that's irritating to me. Yeah. And <laughs> this sounds so mean. Sorry, guys. I don't feel well, so I'm also like easily annoyed right now. So I'm thinking of things. It's it's high pitch. She's just so excited to be there. And that is another thing I don't want to see in a housewife. I know she's a friend of, but we've already given her too much screen time, which also is because there's nothing going on. Nobody's letting us into their lives. Why haven't we seen Martel since the first episode? I like what what is happening? Courtney is leading the charge here, and she led us to an escape room, which like, there's only so much we can do with this. There's only so, you know what I mean? Like the women, like wh- where do we go from here? What are they going to do? They can't have a conversation in the escape room. We got to wait till it's over with. I just, <sighs> yeah. Atlanta. I think it definitely is. I, I would like to see a new cast next season. Um, and I would like to see Drew's kind of pulling her weight with this divorce, so maybe she'll return. But we need to see some women go. And I want to see Kim Zolciak back. I think that's going to happen with everything going on with her divorce and how desperate she seems to need to be on the show. Um, and give me Portia Williams. Like, I think she could add some lightness and funniness to the show that I think we're missing. Um, she gives fun shade and like goofiness. Um but also isn't afraid to get into it. However, I don't know how open she'll want to be about her relationship that she, her new marriage that she's in. So that might be a a hiccup there, um, considering how that relationship started, but would love to to see her back in some capacity. Um, One thing before before we stop talking about Atlanta is I don't know if you saw the online chatter this week about the beginning of the episode, how it started and how it seemingly omitted Nene Leaks from the original opening. And fans online were were pissed. However, I'm curious what your perspective was of it. Like Nene did file a lawsuit against Bravo and Father Andy. Um, And part of me thought, well, this obviously has to be in the lawsuit where she just doesn't want her likeness to be exploited on the show anymore. So they took her out. Like... I didn't think too much into it, but then Nini fed the narrative and did a video and like fueled the fire. So what was your thoughts on that? Uh, didn't even notice she was missing. <laughs> Same. But, and I like, and I like Nini, but like fans are quick. I didn't even notice that. But guys, she sued Bravo. I don't think it was something that was a part of the lawsuit. I think they were like, we're not going to give her anything. We're not going to give people the opportunity to say, oh yeah, Nini, we miss Nini. No, she sued them. They have, I wouldn't put her in anything. You have, you are completely removed from Bravo. You have made your bed. You have to lie in it at this point. Bravo and Nini do not exist anymore. And that's a decision she made when she filed the lawsuit because her accusations were of racism. I'm not saying that, 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 whether what's true or false, I'm just saying they were big accusations and she dropped the lawsuit, right? Because they didn't settle. They didn't settle. I don't think they settled. She dropped the lawsuit. Maybe they did out of court. I don't know. But um, what I have found, what ma- what is making me long for the days of, pa- of the past, 
as um on Twitter, there was something that was trending that was like name a reality TV moment that lives in your head or like the best reality TV moment. And it's all these old clips of uh, Atlanta specifically, not the other franchises, Atlanta popping up. And it just makes you miss, you know, the Phaedra and the Nini and the Portia of it all. Even Kenya was at her best during these moments. And they, the women were giving us more. And I think that there comes to a point in these housewife shows where they've given you so much and they've learned the game where they just don't, want to give you they they've like it's almost like they've outsmarted it but it's like to their own detriment where they know that they don't have to give you so much and they can just pick at other people and involve themselves in other people's dramas you know just nobody does it better than Giselle and that becomes their thing and I see Kenya do that I see Margaret do that in Jersey Kyle does that in Beverly Hills you know, they all do it. And that's to me when it's like, you gotta go. We gotta change this up because you're not being open with your life. It's the producer housewife. It's looking for other stories so that we could shine a light off of whatever I have going on. Totally agree. Yeah. Totally agree. And I yeah. think Atlanta has too many of those type of characters on the show right now. Right. Atlanta, get it together. We want to bring it back on this podcast. We want you to be back to the greatness that you once were. But right now, it's lacking. And it's still no shade. We, we, You know how you hold your friends accountable because you want to see them be their best. Because you love you them. You want to see them do better because you love them. Exactly, Chelsea. We love you, Atlanta. Figure it out. This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Iced Tea. Go beyond reality with new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea and discover a berry delicious world bursting with unexpected blackberry flavor. A world so full of refreshing blackberry iced tea that you may never want to leave. But there's always time to linger. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit amazon.com slash pureleaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. We're bringing Callie back now so we can get into and put an end, speaking of blood boiling, Red Hot Louie to Jersey. Part three of the reunion, not as eventful as I wanted it to be. I, I'm realizing we have really high expectations when it comes to this stuff. I don't know. I, I felt like 
there were times where Andy was trying to break it up and I was like, let them go. Don't jump to a different subject. Let's let it happen. I want to see this showdown because I don't think we're going to get it in this way ever again. But the men join. Like, I didn't want to see the men having a good time. I want to get into the drama. But the men come into this, and I did love this. Right off the top, Andy's like, we got to talk about the pajama comet, which I forgot. I forgot that Louis well, made that since. outlandish comment that he sleeps in. For those of you who forget, he said that he he's talking to Joe and he's like, with all the sincerity in his voice when he's saying this, he's like, I sleep in your father's, your dead father's pajamas so the girls can feel, the gr- your nieces and Teresa can feel close to him. Yeah. So right off the bat, Andy's like, explain yourself. Um, And what does Louis say? What he always says. It came out the wrong way. That's not what I meant. Nah, Louis. We passed that. Well, also Teresa has come out and said like they were like unworn pajamas and it wasn't that serious. But I'm like, that's not how he implied it to Joe. So who knows what the truth is? Because then Louis also like kind of said it was not anything serious, but also was like, I wore them for them. But I'm like, there's no way they want you wearing their grandpa's pajamas. So like, uh, yeah, this is the thing with Louis. For, no. Do I, do I think Louis is a liar? Yeah. So everything he says, I don't know. I don't think Teresa wants to be a liar. And I think that she believes most of what Louis said. It was the same thing with Juicy Joe. He or Juicy J, as I like to call him, um, she liked to believe everything he told her. <laughs> I agree with you with the Teresa and Louis dynamic, but take apart, take away his intent. Right? We'll never know why Louis wanted to wear the pajamas, even though I do believe what he said to us the first time. I really think that Louis thought that he was bringing a closeness to the family by wearing them. But forget intent. It is weird that he wore them. I know you have your own sleep clothes, Louis. And the fact that you wanted to put on, whether they were worn or not, no-nos, pajamas, is weird. It's it's weird on its, even if you were just like, thought they were cute. It's just weird to me. Go buy another pair like it. They were for no-no. You had no business in them. It's just, it just shows how off Louis is. And that's the best way that I could say that. So this whole episode really can be centered around Louis. Louis. Because mm-hmm. it, it, I wanted to address the things that we've been hearing about Louis. And I knew we wouldn't get to the bottom of it. But I at least wanted to see Louis lie about it. I at least wanted to hear what is his excuse going to be to why he did this or that. So I'm curious as your, to your thoughts with the whole Frank, Frank, Frankie, Del- Dolores, and Louis of it all, and Joe Gorga. Because I, which who do you believe in this? Because we see Joe Gorga say that Frankie told him some things about Louis. And we know that Frankie worked for Louis and he no longer works for him now. Those are facts. 
What seems to be the issue is to why doesn't Frankie work for him anymore? What happened? And the way Dolores shut it down, I get no talking about the kids, but the way she was so quick to do it makes me think that there's something else here. What do you think? I think that there's something else there. I don't think, like, I think Joe is probably making up some of it and exaggerating some of it and lying a little bit. Um, the only thing that is a little... If Louis did something to Dolores' kid, I cannot imagine that she's okay with it. She would not be okay with it. Her kids are like... she. Remember how she got... She's get, gotten in people's face for even bringing up children. So I'm like, maybe there was like a little thing, like maybe Louis didn't, like maybe Louis had to close down the company and didn't tell Frankie in time. So he didn't have a job for a little bit, something like that. But I don't think that Louis did anything like super dangerous to him. If that makes sense. Like, I don't think Louis was rude to him. I don't think he was mean to him. I don't think he yelled at him or cussed him out. I don't think he fired him. I think maybe something happened to the business and Louis didn't give Little Frank, a heads up. Yeah, I definitely think something shady happened. Yeah. And I don't think it was to the point where, you know, Dolores would come at Louie in that way. But right. I do think something happened and she just wants to shut it down. Um, but we'll never know. I think I saw somewhere that Frankie came out and said that he doesn't know what his dad is talking about because none of that's true. So I wonder where the truth is in all this. Yeah, I did. I read I, like if he Frankie spoke said that though, then uh, the only thing that if Frankie said that, then I think that maybe Joe has riled up Frank into believing something that didn't happen. Cuz like him being like, "Did you put out a smear campaign against us?" What what like what do you mean? I, what smear campaign? I didn't see anything. Do you know what I mean? So I'm like, what could have Louis, like what, what did, what? And Margaret too, he'd randomly put all three of you guys together in a smear campaign. I was just like, what could he have said to, it doesn't make sense. Well, it could be, it could be a Diana Jenkins situation. Could have okay, bought maybe. bots. That, he that absolutely could have happened. I that absolutely could have happened. But that doesn't change your business. It's just people on 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 Instagram saying bad things to you. And unfortunately, I mean, fortunately, they're not a 14-year-old boy that was doing it to like um, Garcelle's son too. I feel like, you know, when people are talking negatively about you and it's a lot of people, you feel like the whole world thinks that. But I don't know, Frank's anger, and we haven't really seen him be mad at Louis like Angry, that. Despite yeah. Joe having an issue with him, Frankie never, Frank never did. And no, so that's why I'm saying Frank I wonder is, if Joe is, is painting it something. to Frank. Like, I wonder if Joe's like, Louis doing this. Louis doing this to us. Da, 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 da. And I'm also wondering, we saw throughout the season, especially in the beginning of the season, we were very much so like, Joe and Melissa are gross and da, 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 da. Like, so I'm like, does he think those were bots? Because they weren't. They were Rachel and I. No. <laughs> okay, I wasn't going that hard on Joe and Melissa. That's you. No, I'm just saying a lot of people were not fans of them at the beginning of the season. Maybe they were bought. Maybe it was the bot. Maybe, their maybe we were getting riled storyline was Teresa and it was getting old. It was. 
It was. It still is. It still yeah, is old. So I don't. Um, yeah, so it I don't really know. Does but seem like it's Louis. I just the, the the chances that all of these things aren't true and that Louis has done nothing seems impossible. So somewhere something like do I think he contacted John Fuda's ex? I don't know if he would do that. If I'm completely honest, not him specifically, but. I do like, again, John Fuda isn't a person who seems to be, he just got into this. He has no reason. No, no, to but hate I think Louis. someone, I think someone did call his ex. I think someone did do that, but that hap- that he also could happen like he- if he said, he thinks that, or supposedly he knows whoever did it or is saying that Louis is the one that like put them up to it. I'm saying like you went on a reality TV show and talked about it. There's a chance that someone went and did that. Do I think that Louis did that? I don't I don't I just don't know if he would do that. No, but it seems like somebody called her in jail. Like somebody Which, contacted that's not her an, while but that's she also was in not jail. Like an, it's not an easy thing to do to call someone in jail. You can't call someone right. in jail. They have to call you. Right. Right. And that's what I think he's saying is that cuz it's got to be like an attorney um some type of like, or your attorney has to give permission. It's it's like it depends what kind of prison jail she's in. Um, yeah, I if he oh, but the bottom line is if he did do it, or if he did, we talked about this last week. If he did threaten Margaret's son, he had to have done something for all this to come up. Unless they're all on the same page and doing the same thing, which I don't know if they are or not. I don't. It seems crazy to me. It does. And and Bo Deedle has continued to be like an oh, honorary did you see what housewife Andy said? at this point. What Andy about Bo Deedle calling him? Mm-hmm. Or texting him. But I didn't see but I didn't see what he said. I just saw that he did it. Bo Deedle texted Andy and said he did not get hired by Louie. They are friends. He did not get hired by Louie to look into any of the housewives. He officially did not do any work for Louis. See, I got to play with the words here. They keep saying hired. They keep yeah. honing in on that. I, he didn't hire him. They are friends. What if yeah, he they did are it friends. as a favor? What if he, he recommended say, I, him? If I'm remembering this correctly, he did say that he looked into some people, but no one on the cast. Yeah, I just also like we have no reason to believe this man at this point. This man, the way that he's been speaking out, I saw like, um, I don't know if he was on a podcast or something. He was doing an interview that. and he was talking about yeah. it. This man is a is a media whore. Like at this, like look at his Wikipedia page. He's very, this he's man very is happy to be on the he's show. He's back on the he's scene. Very happy to be on the yeah. show. Like he was trending on Twitter. This man loves the attention that he's getting that and that Louis is giving it to him. And that's another thing. Like they. Louis is such a liar. Like, Teresa has to be dying inside. When they say, why did you have Bo Deedle investigate us? You said it at the party. And he's like, I didn't. That's not what I meant. And then Andy's yeah. like, literally the next day, you weren't drinking. You said it You're again. sitting around the breakfast table and you specifically said it. That is such a lie. I'm sorry. You have to believe Louie. Oh, so you just were saying it just to say it. Or, oh, like nobody was even around for you to hear. That's the thing. 
The people that you were invest- allegedly investigating weren't there. It was Teresa and who else? Somebody else. It was Teresa and somebody yeah. else that were sitting there. I think Dolores and Jennifer. It was yeah, those three like, at the kitchen at the kitchen table. I just I'm I'm sick of Lou because because here's what I will say, Melissa and Teresa can't be still be there together. We'll get Teresa. I don't want to see Louie. I just well, I am, I mean we're gonna see Louie. I am so. It's just it's hard to watch when someone is that manipulative, and when yeah. you see it happening to somebody. And, you know, her, like, I think part of Teresa does think, well, I'm in too deep. I've dedicated myself to this man. My my children are involved. But it's, 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 it's like, um, not to go to Vanderpump, but it's like when Miami girl came out and was like, Tom, I slept with Tom, Tom, I slept with Tom. And he's like, I have no idea who you are. And even though Ariana knew, knew she yeah. too was like, no you way. Know, I, he, he came to me. He talked to me about it. Yeah, like 10 years later, she's telling the truth. That's going to be Teresa. That's going to be Teresa. I think she's already there. Um, <laughs> I, think, I, I think she's already there. This is my thing also. If Louis did do any of these things... Well, no. If he did the smear campaign, like, okay, whatever. I don't care. Who cares? Um, Frank being that upset about it was weird to me. Um... If he did call Dolores' son, if he did call John's ex, you're fired. Teresa could still be on the show, but Louie, this is not your platform anymore. If you think that this is real warfare and you need to do these things, you need help and you need to be off the show. This is not healthy. I, I, I understand the t- shit talking and going back and forth. I got to the, draw the line somewhere. You cannot be going after people's kids. I'm sorry. Yeah. So I, I think an investigation needs to be launched launched by Bravo. And if they find out that he wasn't behind any of this, he can't have the platform anymore because that's what he wants. He wants to be on the show. Yeah, because if I'm Louie and all this for two seasons now has been coming at me, I would remove myself from the show. I would say, you know what? Teresa, this is your thing. Maybe I'll be in the background. But like, this is hurting my business. This is hurting you. It's just not a good look. Yeah, I'm going to fall back agreed. from the show. But he's never going to do that because he's exactly where he wants to be, the center of attention. And I think that this could be very easy. If he really cared about Teresa, I really think that he would pull step aside. And he just continues to insert himself even more into the Jersey experience. And I don't know where you go with the men either at this point. The men don't want to deal with him. Mm-mm. I mean, Bill and Danielle's husband are quiet. They're the ones on his side and they're quiet. The other ones on the other By side the way, are the vocal ones, the rowdy ones. I love Bill and Danielle's husband. They deserve <laughs> to be on this show. I'll still give Frank a break. He's probably third. Uh, everyone else, you know? You don't like Time's John Fuda? I, I just think he was like a little too into this. I mean, John to the point, just to skip to the end. And this, and this is how you know Louie is such a manipulator. He goes in on people. Let's play. You better watch out. 
um, what is you're that? coming up what next. Is he this? says all these threatening Are, he things He feels like he's in the mafia. He's such a wannabe. He feels like he's just saying all these threatening things. And then at the end of the day, we'll walk over to the other side and be like, I don't want any beef with you. I don't want there to be a problem. I, I think you're I a good never guy. Call. That is manipulative. And I loved yeah. how John Fuda was like, nah, that ain't how it works over here. You don't get to way, do all of this and then talk crazy to me and think that we're and everything's going to be cool. That made me love him even more. Everyone would say the same thing. Like, get the fuck out of my face. <laughs> no, thank what? you. I'm good on friendship. How about I forgot Frank was a lawyer? Would Frank turn to Joe and Me said, too. Me too. Can, we, can, you, can you release attorney-client privilege? I was like, are they trying to be funny? And I was like, Frank's a lawyer? And he was Joe's lawyer? At I did not know that. But I'm glad it's they hard put that to, know, to rest with the whole... Lives with David. David. Well, not anymore. We see Teresa break down and walk off and continue to scream, don't follow me. Don't follow me! Nobody. I don't know. She was screaming. I'm like, was she talking to the cameras? Because nobody's there, Teresa. Nobody's there. No one's Just following producers you. producers and camera. She has to feel so stupid when she watched that back because well, everyone they, was like, they, okay. They get, they get in fights every reunion and then Joe comes and apologizes to her. So I feel like she was just like, I don't want it. I truly believe Teresa wants things to be okay with her brother. I also believe that she doesn't think, think does that too. she's the she's the main culprit. I don't know if Joe does or yeah. not. I do. I really do. I don't think Melissa does. Mm, to me, okay. the way the way Melissa was handling this reunion, I'm not going to go as far as like Teresa and say this is what you've always wanted, but I do think it's what she wants now. I, I absolutely do not think Melissa wants, you know, even she's like, I'll just do whatever the family does. See, her answer should have been, in my opinion, you know, it's a shame that this has happened. And I would like to see- 100%. They're the only family that they have and I would like to see them. But she's like, I'll just do whatever happens. I'll go along for it. I think that has been her mentality the whole time. And mm -hmm. I think, I really do think Joe wants to be on good terms with his sister. I think he hates Louie. I think that- Melissa hates Teresa, and that is why we're in the place that we're in now. Um, I can agree with that. I, I, I can agree that m m it's not Melissa being like, I want this to work. It's, if Joe wants it to, then I guess I'll try. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's not good. <laughs> that's not healthy. By the way, I will say it was really sad when she was like, I always looked after you. You were my best friend. We were best friends. And Joe was nodding his head. So I was like, how the fuck did you guys get here? You guys were best friends? It looks like you guys never were close. And you know what else? I love how Danielle was like, why don't we just let Joe and Teresa talk? Like no one else butt in because Melissa kept butting in. And I feel like yeah, obviously Danielle and her brother don't have their shit together either. But I think her watching this is like, let's like, just, just let the siblings talk. Like just let them get to it. Because I'm sure in her situation the wife chimes in, chimes in. And I think she's like, we, me and you won't ever be good if you, me and my brother aren't good. Right. So right. let me mend this first so then I can mend that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, okay, that's enough of Jersey. That's the end of the season. I am very curious to see how they pick things up into the next season. Till then, 
We'll we'll talk Jersey next year. Uh, but we're going to talk OC now because OC is back. And Zach Peter is joining us again. Zach, so happy to have you. Woo woo. Well, I'm excited uh, to be here and to join you every Friday. I feel like we're building this friendship as now we're talking about OC, which is about friendships going overboard, Rachel. Yeah, they really are. They really I mean, are. <laughs> it's, I mean, like we're rocky. We were on a boat and I feel like at some point the boat was just going to tip over. I kind of wish it would have. <laughs> I mean, Tamara was ready to flip a boat. We've seen a, a table flip, but I feel like a boat flip is is right in line with Housewives. Like, we need to up the ante. We do need to up the ante. And the way that Shannon was leaning over and waving like crazy, trying to see if it was John, John's son, or something in between, I it could have tipped over. I, <laughs> that made no sense to me. None. No. So I feel like the episode was a bit slow to start, right? We had Emily. She was chatting with the newbie, Jen, and Gina. They had dinner. They were chatting. I thought that it was cute. We see Heather prepping her kids to go off to college. Also kind of cute, but like, you know, I felt like it was a slow start on OC, but I feel like the meat of this was the Shannon and Tamara lunch and then Gina's boat party that Gina hosted that she didn't even attend. <laughs> um. With Heather packing for her kids, were you, I was sitting there like, are her kids going to do anything? I feel like Heather thinks she's going to college. This is is like her experience going to college. (laughs) Like she gets to relive it because she's like, when I went to college, it wasn't like that, you know, and she was like throwing it back. But it's like, yes, but now you're fancy pants. Now you drink champagne for breakfast, lunch and dinner. And you live in this like ginormous estate. This, you know, mm-hmm. million, million, million dollar estate that like, no, your kids are not going to be, you know, shumming it in the regular dorms. Like we, this is what we expect. But her doing everything for them, I feel like is very on brand for her because she's such a control freak. <laughs> That's true. Okay, good point. But I, I need to see her kids do something. They're about to go to college for goodness sake. Yeah. They, how are they going to survive in the real world? I guess they have, you know, yeah. Terry Dubrow's Amex. They probably have a personal assistant as well. She's probably packing up the assistant and sending her or him along as well. I need to be a Dubrow. (laughs) I'd be a Dubrow. So what was your take on the Shannon-Tamara lunch? Because we finally see them come together for the first time in a long time after that awkward yoga run-in that they had last week. But now we see them finally sitting down um, for lunch to discuss the falling out. Tamara mm-hmm. calls Shannon a fake friend. Shannon says that she wasn't there for her. Shannon's like, I was totally there for you. I was just busy, low-key filming Real Houses of Orange County, which you got fired on, so that's why you're not my friend anymore. <laughs> but what is your take? Are you like leaning more Team Shannon or are you leaning more Team Tamara? I jumped off the boat. That's that's the team that I am. I that's <laughs> I I am not either. I enjoy Tamara. I'm not either. I do like their friendship together. They were always fun to watch, but I'm kind of the Emily in this. Tamara's never was going to give Shannon the opportunity to build that friendship back. If she didn't hear exactly what she wanted to hear and the way she wanted to hear it, Shannon never stood a chance. And what I did find interesting, I will give Shannon this, is Shannon at least was listening which of course she gave herself a pat on the back for. 
She was listening to the things that Tamara was saying, even when Tamara was calling her names and putting her business out there. As a viewer, I appreciated the mess. But in real life, it's like if you're really trying to mend a friendship, you don't throw out these type of accusations or tell secrets in the process of trying to get it right. Exactly. I feel like I like Tamara more than I like Shannon. But in this beef, I feel like Shannon was really coming into this combo and just like into their friendship, wanting to kind of like hear each other out and see what path we could go on to move forward. Whereas I feel like Mm -hmm. Tamara came in just like not willing to budge. She's like, you're not a good friend. You're a fake friend. You don't ever check on me when I needed you. And Shannon, like I understand like sometimes life just happens, right? And you can't always be there 110% for your friends. And like sometimes all you can give them is 20%. And I feel like Shannon's a good 20% friend. But that's when you like in Tamara's position, I'm like, okay, well, that's when I balance out the people that I have in my life. And I know right now I can really count on this person or right now I know I can call Shannon and she can be my fun friend right now where we can have one on a Friday night in the backyard and just kind of like shoot the shit but I feel like there was a high expectation that Tamara had of Shannon and I don't think Shannon was intentionally trying to snub Tamara but now I feel like at least Shannon's willing to kind of like you know put the armor down and just kind of have a conversation and move forward She's not taking full accountability because she is kind of denying that she wasn't. Right. She thinks that she was there for Tamara. But I feel like I'm a little more Team Shannon on this. You know, I, I, I if I had to pick a team, yes. But I also think I don't, I'm not understanding Tamara's rationale in this. Because if you've always known Shannon to be this friend through the ups and downs Why now are you holding it against her that she's not the friend that you wanted her to be when she's always been this type of friend? You hear her saying, that's always Shannon. That's always Shannon. Shannon gives 20%, but she thinks she's giving 100%. We all have those friends in our lives where, you know, they come, they check on you here and there, but they're not on top of every single issue. Emily is not the same type of friend that Shannon is. So to compare Shannon to Emily is not fair. You accept your, your friends for who they are. And for some reason... Tamara doesn't want to accept that from Shannon. And maybe because she wanted it to be her storyline. I don't know. It seems that's that's it. I will tell you this though, after this episode, I don't want to see this fight again. We could pick up where we left off and then end it. Yeah. I mean, I feel like they were they left the lunch in a good place, right? They're like, okay, well, let's try to take steps forward. But I feel like Tamara did come in a little housewifey and a little like I have to come in and shake things up and save the show. And I kind of feel like she came in carrying that weight on her shoulders, thinking that she was really going to have to save the show. And I feel like that's why she's pushing this a lot harder with Shannon, whereas Shannon's like, oh my God, I just went through this last season with Heather, who put me in the hot seat and was grilling me. And I don't want to go through this again with Tamara. I don't know, maybe Shannon is the problem. But we've <laughs> Shannon's like, we already did this and now she's ready to, to, to move forward because she doesn't want another season where she's the villain. Right, but she's headed that way. This episode was not a shining moment for Shannon. Not at all. I don't think either of them came out looking good. No, they definitely didn't. Emily, Emily, Emily's coming out great this season. I know we're only two episodes in, but the way that she's vibing with the new housewife, Jen, and the way she was really trying to be, help Tamara understand the other side of it. And even when Tamara was yelling at her, she was still like, Tamara, don't say that. Don't do that. Don't talk to me like that. She didn't match her energy. 
I liked how on the boat, just to pivot over to the to Gina's boat party that she was absent for, um, I liked how at least there the women were trying to get Tamara to see Shannon's side of things. Um, mm-hmm. But I just, Shannon, I feel like Tamara just went from like zero to a hundred when she started just like turning on everybody and being like, you're defending her. Don't defend her. She's a liar. And she's like, you're a liar. You're a liar. You're a liar. And then she calls her an alcoholic and a drunk. And I'm just like, how is this moving forward? I thought at the lunch, we decided that we were going to like make some peace and put the swords down and like try to move forward in some way. And I just feel like Tamara won't let it go. She won't let the mouse go, Rachel. No, she won't. And two things from that, that end moment where Tamara's yelling, you're a liar, you're a liar, you're a liar. She literally goes from whatever age she is to 12 years old in that moment. But I thought it was interesting that um, she's turned to Heather when it was over and says, why didn't you take up for me? And I'm like, man, that's the kind of friend that Tamara is. Tamara expects so much from her friends. And rather than Heather was like, I'm just going to let you guys hash it out. And she gets, she's like, you didn't take up for me. And then on the opposite end, did you notice the things that Taylor was saying to Tamara? She was riling her up. She was being so messy. And I was like, Taylor, shut up. But she was See, so, I, I was like, do you not want to be friends with Shannon either? You need to stay out of this, girl. You just got here. I but see, I think Taylor's doing the same thing that Tamara's doing in the sense that they're like, we're coming on the show. We have to make some waves. We have to ruffle some feathers to make a name for ourselves, especially Heather, who's fighting for her orange. Or sorry, not Heather, especially uh, Taylor, who's fighting for her orange. I feel like her and Tamara came in with the understanding that they were going to come to make some waves and to to cause some drama so that OC doesn't continue to be the the snooze fest that it's been. Do you have hopes that it's not, that it's going to be a better season? I mean, I'm hopeful that eventually Tamara and Taylor can find their footing through it. Um, it'll be nice to see Shannon and Tamara come back together because we know that that friendship continues to build. But it's also going to be interesting to see Heather kind of have her downfall with the ladies as they all start to turn on her, which is what I'm hearing this season is that her marriage gets put in the hot seat. And that, you know, she ends up kind of on an island by the end of it. I did not know any of that information. I don't know if you get that from the trailer or not, or you have you just have the inside scoop, which I love. I had no idea that Heather's in the hot seat. And is her marriage in trouble? I mean, well, here's the other thing is there were these paparazzi pictures that came out during the filming of this season that were happening in OC. And everybody, I remember when those pictures came out, everybody was like, this is weird. This feels like a staged paparazzi situation because there's no paparazzi mm-hmm. in OC. And it was Mm-mm. just like Heather and Terry like walking down the boardwalk, <laughs> like lovey-dovey, kissy. And I'm like, when have we ever seen them out in public doing this much PDA? And it just happens to get caught by the paparazzi. Like that made me a little skeptical. I'm like, maybe she is afraid that there are some bad optics related to her relationship and maybe whatever these ladies bring up on camera, maybe they have some good points of now she's staging paparazzi pictures in OC. Mm, Well, yeah, it it wouldn't be the first time that we've seen their marriage go through it, which, listen, all marriages go through, all relationships, period, go through ups and downs. And as long as they've been on this show, it would make sense. Also, the dynamic in their household is changing with two of the kids out of the house. I mean, I remember when Terry kept saying, there's a throwback, when Terry kept saying, 
we used the D word. <laughs> remember, he's like, we threw it out there. And Heather was so mad at him that I can't remember who, what couple they were talking to. Heather was so mad that he told that they had talked divorce. So it'll be, you know that Heather is a mama bear and she is not going to want anyone to pry into her relationship or her family dynamic. So that makes me interested in what's to come this season. But I think I'm done with the Tamara and Shannon of it all because as I think it was Emily who's like, you have to, you have to move a bit if this is going to work. And I don't see that coming from, from Tamara's end. Oof. Well, it looks like it's going to be a good season of OC and I can't wait. I can't either. Well, listen, that's it. We guys, we gave you a jam-packed show. We're going to skip Martha's Vineyard this week. We'll bring it back next week. Hope you guys enjoyed this. Have a happy Friday and a great weekend. 